Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Digital Learning Podcast. In this episode, episode seven, I am speaking with Hannah Graziano and Janet Harris from Pinellas County Schools uh, Advanced Academics. I know I messed that up. It is Advanced Studies and Academic Excellence. Thanks, Hannah. Advanced Studies and Academic Studies Department. And we will be discussing uh, how technology can assist us in the development of a culturally relevant classroom. And so I'll let my guests introduce themselves and give you a short background. So who'd like to start? I will. Thank you, James. My name is Janet Harris, and I am the AVID District Director for Middle School. I have been with this particular position for about three years now. And prior to that, I was a reading coach also in Pinellas County. And I've been an AVID staff developer for seven years. Thanks, Janet. Glad to have you here. And I am Hannah Graziano. I also am an AVID district director in the Advanced Studies Department. I have been in this role for five years and um, am entering my 19th year in education. And I'm excited to talk about technology and the culturally relevant classroom. All right. Glad to have you here as well, Hannah. And so for our our listeners, and um, the first thing is, what exactly is culturally relevant teaching? Culturally relevant teaching is the cultural knowledge, prior experiences, and performance styles of diverse students, and making sure that that is a part of a classroom by building relationships and ensuring that students... um, are receiving a learning that's appropriate and effective while we work on the strengths of the students. Okay, so uh, how does that translate? What does a culturally relevant classroom look like then? So that classroom will look like a room that is primarily student-centered. When we look at the actual learning styles, a classroom that has mutual respect and that values all learners in that classroom. So so going to be a classroom that is inviting to everyone there. So that means things in the classroom that represent the students and the teacher and makes it feel like an environment where I, where I want to be there. Now, you, you mentioned something about student center. For our listeners who don't know what that means, can you share or expand a little bit on what a student-centered classroom is? So a student-centered classroom is one where the students are engaged and involved in the learning, whereas um, they are the ones who are really delving into everything. It's more collaborative instead of a sit-and-get type of environment where the teacher is just delivering and providing all of the information. Okay. So as this is the digital learning podcast, we have to explore uh, technology. So is there a role for technology in delivering culturally relevant pedagogy? Yeah, I think technology has the ability to help students um, develop their own voice in the classroom. And when they have their own voice, they will absolutely become more academically successful. Um, One of the ways it does that, one of the main ways that it does that is because digital content has the ability to capture real life in real time um, from around the world, which means that students have the ability 
uh, regardless of their background, regardless of their abilities, they can see themselves in the content, um, which makes instruction more relevant and it makes it more engaging. Okay, so it can help with the delivery of instruction. Can it also aid in establishing and maintaining a culturally relevant classroom? Absolutely. I think the two main ways that that can happen is one is using technology as a tool for collaboration. So uh, there are two different ways you can use technology. You can use it synchronously synchronously in the classroom, meaning kids are um, engaged in real time uh, with texting or social media or video conferencing or using some of our Office 365 tools or cloud-based productivity tools where they are doing things in the classroom in real time uh, using technology. Or they could be also using technology for collaboration in an asynchronous way, meaning they can use forums and discussion boards and blogs and responding to each other um, over the course of time while not being necessarily together in the classroom. And all the while, the teacher has the ability to be involved in that instruction as well because they can see what conversations are happening between students, both synchronously and asynchronously. Uh, the other way that technology can help maintain that culturally relevant classroom is really um, allowing students access to digital information, which means students are receiving instruction from the teacher on how to access digital information from multiple sources, and then developing the skill to evaluate that information effectively, meaning critically and competently. Um, and then that teacher also would provide those opportunities for students to demonstrate those skills um, to evaluate digital sources um, and how to access it and what the best sources are, um, which we know are skills for the future for them as well. Okay, so we definitely saw the incorporation of both synchronous and asynchronous instruction during this past year and a half uh, of school with the pandemic and having students working from home and in school and teachers having to manage both at the same time. Um, what are some digital tools that support culturally relevant teaching and or a culturally relevant classroom? Well, one of my favorite tools that I love to share about is Padlet. We've uh, really used Padlet quite a bit in our office to be able to have a voice and choice with our participants as we did our own um, professional development. Padlet is an online um, program that allows for you to be able to put so many different things on there for students to be able to access text, videos, anything, and be able to talk about it. You can add um, Office 365 documents to it so that students can or participants can collaborate on that in live time. And a lot of different things you can put on that for people to be able to use in live time. As um, Hannah said, that opportunity to see things in real action makes a huge difference. So it, um, as I said, Padlet is one that I've enjoyed 
We also found that, um, just for reference, the first three that you get, three or four are free. And then if people want to use it more, they can um, use various avenues to get more Padlets. But we found that most teachers can use one for all of their classes. Okay. Any other tools? Yeah. Uh, I think Poll Everywhere has a powerful ability, again, a free um, website where teachers have the ability to um, poll the class in a digital way um, to maybe draw from different backgrounds in the classroom or to activate prior knowledge or really just to explore um, building relational capacity in the classroom in a digital way. Um, Poll Everywhere is very easy to set up, um, obviously internet-based, um, but kids enjoy Poll Everywhere because they can do it from their one-to-one device, they can do it from their cell phone, um, and in live time as they respond to that poll, they can see the results um, in the classroom in live time, um, which then allows the teacher to capitalize on additional conversations based on the results of those polls that are happening. So just a quick, easy way at the beginning of class or um, in the middle of instruction to just pause um, to sort of get feedback from kids in a um, quick snapshot way. Okay, that's two good free resources, right? Free is good. One other one that we learned of actually from the digital learning team was Flipgrid, and we are fans of Flipgrid. So Flipgrid, another one also for building relational capacity, great way to do um, informal assessments with students, um, allowing that equity of voice. Um, That has made a huge difference. We're even using that in some of our upcoming trainings for folks to do their end of our work product to do Flipgrid. So another free one, good one. And I think the last one, a similar to poll everywhere is called answer garden um answer garden is more of a again free but cloud-based um word cloud if you will um so as students type in their responses to a poll or a question or just a reaction to something that happened in the classroom um as in any word cloud as a word is used more often that large that word will get larger Um, as more students share it. And so what this does for the teachers is it allows for a very quick informal assessment, but kids are getting to visually see um, responses and can just use the size of the word to determine um, how many people are are using that response. Um, So this is a great way for teachers to, again, activate prior knowledge or build relational capacity, but also a great way to get ideas from kids um, if you have 30 students in a classroom and you'll start to see maybe 30 different words pop up. And so the idea that my voice as a student counts and I can see my voice on the screen um, in a non-threatening way um, for kids to share their ideas and the teacher can informally evaluate um, the students in their classroom. It's a quick, easy way to using their one-to-one device or, again, their cell phone in a free way. All right. So it definitely seems like there's a role for technology in the establishing a culturally relevant, relevant classroom and in culturally relevant teaching. Um, 
I want to ask you guys a question. Um, why culturally relevant teaching? So why would a teacher or why should a teacher make sure to that their classroom is a culturally relevant space? Very good question. So if we look at our current status in the world and we look over the last couple of years, we had a, an initiative from our superintendent to look at our classrooms and see how our classroom fared. And it was decided that in order to make sure all students are recognized and seen in the classroom and all students learning is valued, that culturally relevant teaching was the way for us to go. And in doing that, as I stated before, it allows for us to see our students as individual and work on our strengths, work on their strengths to ensure a fair learning space for all students in a, this more, in a more equitable environment for them to be able to thrive. Thank you, Janet. You know, why culturally relevant teaching? Well, I think if you go back to our district's mission and vision for all students, right, that we want that vision for all students, um, there's no way to meet that indicator of all or each student unless we are individualizing our instruction, making every voice in the classroom heard, making every child in a classroom seen. Um, and it's not an easy task, um, but it's what has to happen uh, for kids in order to meet the all. We have to be more culturally relevant, and it is a journey. Um, these four tools that we talked about is certainly not the checklist. Um, a culturally relevant classroom is uh, something that has to be worked on daily and will morph and evolve over time as well. Um, what I'm doing today in my classroom may not be a culturally relevant thing a year from now. So it's really important for teachers um, and administrators to acknowledge that there's not a checklist, that this isn't just a one and done, and I've met my culturally relevant goal, that this is a learning process for everybody and it is going to evolve by the day, um, and that we just stay current to make sure that we are meeting the district's mission and vision of each and every student. Well, sounds like uh, technology, right? <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> what you use today is so outdated, and, and so... Um, I want to thank you guys. As I was preparing for this show, I had this this mental uh, struggle that I try to resolve with a couple other people that I ran into. So I, I want to see if you guys can help me with this. And it's very simple. It is, is it culturally relevant or is it culturally responsive? Great question. Mm -hmm. So we have a noun and a verb in there. <laughs> and as a English teacher at heart, I'm happy to be able to say that culturally relevant is what we're doing in our classrooms to ensure that all of our students receive the necessary learning. The cultural responsiveness is how we do it. Okay, so uh, that helped clear up... Uh, Somewhat for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Think of the what and the how. Okay, That's exactly so. what it is. It's the what and the how. 
Okay, so it's the what in the how. So teachers should be actually using both phrases because Mm -hmm. it is what they're doing and how they're doing it. Yes, I want to be culturally relevant by doing culturally responsive activities and strategies in my classroom. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you guys because I was definitely struggling with what word should I be using Mm -hmm. as we were conversating today. And so, um, again, thank you, ladies, for joining us. Thank As you. always, uh, I want to thank the listeners for listening. Always share, like, and subscribe to our podcast. Please join me next time as we talk about equity in and with technology, where my guest will be from Pinellas County Schools Equity Department, Kimberly Skukalik and Renee Cappinger Ford. Thank you.